0: Hi, guys. My name is Frank Shaparo, senior correspondent at The Block. You might know me as Frankie Scoops or FinTech Frank, but hopefully now you'll get to know me as the host of The Block's new podcast called The Scoop, made especially for decision makers and thrill seekers in the crypto market. Each week, I, along with one of my cohorts here at The Block, will talk with CEOs, innovators, and builders across the crypto market. Yoni Asiya has been in the Bitcoin world since 2012, and his firm, Etoro has offered a platform for crypto trading for several years. But if you're a listener in the US, you might not have ever heard of his firm, which actually has a billion-dollar-plus valuation. The Israeli-based company, which is popular across Europe, has just expanded into the US, and it's preparing to go head-to-head with the likes of Robinhood and Coinbase. Yoni is hoping big marketing dollars and the social network elements of eToro's platform will help it outcompete U.S. giants. In this episode of The Scoop, Yoni outlined his vision for eToro in the U.S., how the firm has traditionally expanded globally, and the plan for its new cryptocurrency exchange, eToroX. I hope you enjoy the episode. I'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Cash App. Cash App has been the number one finance app in the app store for almost two years it was also the first major peer-to-peer payments app to start supporting bitcoin and it's still the fastest and easiest way to on-ramp fiat no more waiting five days for your ach payments to come through with cash app you can buy bitcoin instantly it's also a favorite of the block analyst steven zhang he uses Cash App when he goes to Chipotle and gets money back. He saves every time he eats a burrito. That keeps Stephen happy, that keeps the block happy, and that keeps the crypto world informed with the best news and research in the entire market. You can also use it at Lyft, Whole Foods, Chipotle, as I said, Chick-fil-A, Starbucks, and Dunkin' Donuts. Download Cash App today from the App Store or Google Play. I hope you enjoy the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the scoop. We are joined by a very special guest all the way in from Israel. It's Yoni. I'm going to say the last name, hopefully correct. Asia? That's close enough. That's close enough. enough. He's the CEO of eToro. You might not have heard of it if you're a US based listener, but eToro is a massive multi million person exchange now, broker for cryptocurrencies and, and other equities that's based in based out in Israel and has a large presence in the United Kingdom. We're excited to have them on because they recently have expanded into the U.S., so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit about how their platform's actually different from those like Robinhood and, and Coinbase as they kind of play into a social element, engaging their users in different ways outside of just strictly trading. Yoni, thanks so much for joining us. And Ryan, as always, thank you for joining as my co-host. You look beautiful today.
1: Thanks, Frank.
2: Thank you very much. And thank you for having me. No And, th- and thank you for coming we, with oh, a tie. We're, we're, thank you for coming with a tie for this uh, special podcast.
1: I, I, he wakes up in this.
0: Outfit. I wake up in this. Exactly. I roll out of bed. I came out the womb in a tie. <laughs>
2: So I'll start by by briefly just uh, uh, presenting Etoro. Please. Um, so we started Etoro in two thousand and seven uh, with the vision of opening the global markets for everyone to trade and invest in a simple and transparent way. Uh, I started trading when I was actually thirteen, uh, and since then has have been super passionate about capital markets. So I love capital markets. Uh, I love sort of the you know trading in stocks. I love how I could be a kid in high school trading in the markets, putting in an order and seeing that order suddenly sort of hitting the NASDAQ, and everybody's sort of connected all around the world. Uh, And what we've built in eToro today is considered the largest social trading network in the world. We have uh, over 11 million uh, users from more than 140 different countries who trade Stocks, commodities, indices, currencies, and cryptocurrencies within a social network, which basically means every person who funds an account, uh, a regulated a brokerage account with eToro uh, automatically publishes their trading activity and their month-to-month performance and asset allocation with everybody in the network. So when you join eToro, you can actually see hundreds of thousands of active traders, their performance Uh, And uh, we invented basically a patented technology called copy trading, which enables you as a user to copy the top traders on the platform. So you see someone who generated 30% gains every year for the past four years. You basically uh, select $1,000.00. And copy him, that copies his entire portfolio to your portfolio. And every time he trades, it trades automatically in your account at the same time and the same price. So that's very quickly uh, eToro today. We've been very active uh, in Europe, uh, which is our biggest market, Uh, Europe and the UK now you need to to separate between those, um, and uh, we started expanding more and more into Asia. We have offices about 750 people in the company. Offices uh, in uh, Shanghai, Hong Kong, mm-hmm. Australia, and it's a billion uh, dollar. Com-
0: it's a billion dollar plus valued company. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations!
2: Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about the expansion in the U.S. What does that look like? Is it going to be the same type of offering uh, as what what folks are used to in Israel or or the U.K. or will there be some modifications?
2: So so we launched uh, here in the U.S. about uh, three months ago. Uh, we're seeing uh, uh, significant growth here in the U.S., so we're super excited about it. Uh, our offices are here uh, in Hoboken, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're currently uh, open in 42 states, um, offering crypto trading uh, in 14 of the top uh, cryptocurrencies uh, within the same social network. So when you open an eToro account here in the U.S., First, you can you receive 100000 uh, virtual dollars to basically demo the platform. So that's the same for people all around the world. You can trade those 14 cryptocurrencies. And then you can also invest in uh, our copy portfolios. So other than being able to copy other people, you can also invest in our, our copy portfolios. Again, here in the US, it's still crypto only. Uh, We plan to launch uh, stock trading also at the beginning of next year. Uh, So basically Mm -hmm. expanding the offering so you can trade both stocks and crypto assets on the same platform, the same as you can do in Mm eToro overseas. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, that's about it. That's currently our offering.
0: I mean, you're entering a market that's, I mean, two very flooded uh, marketplaces. Cryptocurrency exchanges being one. And uh, fintech brokers being another with Robinhood, you know, clearly leading the pack. We saw this morning or maybe last night, Business Insider reported that Swell went out of business. Um, There's Wealthfront. There's Betterment. There are... uh,
1: Chase Invest. Every other day, there's... Every other day,
0: there's a new offering that's launched or expanded. I
2: I think in general, when you think about sort of the space on a macro level, it's still exploding. We, We started in 2007. Most people told me, first of all, you you can't launch uh, a financial services company out of Israel. Uh, Second, uh, that targeting an audience uh, of millennials doesn't make sense because they don't have money. But if you look at today's analysis, uh, I just saw this from CB Insights, so I I might be misquoting, but I think they're talking about millennials growing from a $2 trillion uh, sort of wealth to about $25 trillion in wealth in 2030. There's a lot of research showing that older generations are, will be passing about $1 trillion a year to millennials for the next 30 years. So the opportunity is massive. And the opportunity is very simple. There's a generational transformation of wealth moving from our parents and our grandparents to our generation. And if you would look or examine how our parents and grandparents are managing their financials, you would basically say, "I, I, that's not how I'm going to do it." Now, crypto is, is an interesting part of it because crypto, in our view, is a generational asset class. But if you think about, you know, the wealth fronts, robo advisors of the world, uh, they're not into crypto, right? So that's something completely separate. So there's One, generational transformation of wealth, which is product and technology driven. We uh, will manage our financials, our wealth, in a very different way than our parents did. And we're looking for how are we going to do that. And if you are a customer of one of the large banks, you'd figure out quite quickly, they're not going to provide you the products that meet your user expectations. The second part is the crypto revolution. And, and there's just a great correlation of, of that same target audience who are interested in investing in generational crypto assets or assets and doing that with a different user experience, right? So the user experience in eToro is mobile first, has social elements into it, everything is real time. Uh, my father's uh, view of uh, product or user experience is getting a PDF once a month.
0: <laughs> So that's interesting. Well, well clearly I think the point you're making is it, to be successful with this younger demographic as a broker or even more broadly as a wealth management or trading platform or tool, you need to have crypto there because it's something that's so definitely um so attractive to that demographic. If you look at someone like Robinhood then, um how do you view your firm's value prop up against theirs? Because what's interesting to me is you guys are coming at it from a, how do we make this more like a a Facebook meets trading or a, or a social network meets trading? Whereas their approach is how can I make trading more like shopping on Amazon, which is something, um, Baju has said to me directly, um, is, is, do you see that difference or is it something else? I I think first of all,
2: uh, you know, we started uh, building sort of our audience overseas. So on, eToro is a multi-asset trading platform where you can ta- trade stocks from 15 different exchanges as well as currencies, commodities, indices, and crypto assets. Within the crypto uh, part of our offering, we have the trading platform, mm-hmm. which enables you to sort of uh, fiat on-ramp and off-ramp and trade crypto assets. We also have the wallet which enables you to basically transfer the assets from our trading platform into a wallet, which enables you to send and receive assets. So some of the uh, brokers in the space enable you to trade crypto assets, but you don't necessarily own them. Our wallet is a multi-blockchain, on-chain, multi-asset wallet. So it is on-chain Uh, You can actually see the keys. You can actually see the assets that you own on the wallet on Block Mm. Explorers. uh, And you can send receive to anyone you want. It's a multi-sig wallet. Then we also launched earlier this year uh, eToroX, which is our crypto asset exchange. Uh, So that's something more similar to other cryptocurrency exchanges uh, where you can actually deposit in crypto and withdraw in crypto. We're just now adding fiat as well into that. And what's quite unique there is, we launched uh, a set of twelve stable coins. So we actually launched yeah. Onitoro X, Euro X, Pound X, Yen X, Yuan X, Rubal X, Gold X, Silver X, and we're creating those markets. So Onitoro X, you can trade Bitcoin to Gold, Bitcoin to Silver, Bitcoin to Yuan, Bitcoin to Euro, to Euro Dollar, Pound, etc. So again, that's coming from our background. Within mm-hmm, the financial mm-hmm, services mm-hmm. industry, which is quite deep and connecting to sort of the biggest banks in the world from a liquidity point of view mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, connecting mm-hmm. to our expertise within the crypto industry.
0: Mm-hmm. So a wide range of products which folks can trade uh, being one of those value props. And it is pretty striking the the number of stable coins that are supported on the platform. Let's focus in a little bit on um, to, uh, eToroX, the exchange, the new exchange that's launched. Where before were you were you routing orders to as a broker? So we're
2: connected, so, and that was also a, a big part of sort of the reasoning of the exchange. So we're connected to 15 of the largest uh, OTC, uh, as well as exchanges in the world. And mm-hmm. what we've built in eToro is what you call uh, an order book aggregator. So we connect to uh, 15 different exchanges. We take all of their order books and we create our own liquidity order books. So potentially if you hit on eToro, let's say uh, $1 million of Bitcoin, uh, you're going to get the price from us. So you're going to get exactly the price quoted right now on the screen from us on the platform.
0: Aggregated across 15 exchanges. And and, and what
2: we'll do in the back end, we have an order book that's aggregated across 15 exchanges. And then it'll go with those million dollars and basically split them 50k to that exchange 50 to that exchange uh, 50 to that exchange 100 to that exchange based basically on the be- what's called best bid best ask aggregation you S layer in, do you
0: layer over the fee on top of yeah. that yeah so it's included in, when i hit to make a bid
2: so there are no fees in it or whatsoever there's only a spread uh, and that spread basically bakes in the costs that we incur to trade that in the market okay so to Actually, to trade large quantities of crypto on eToro, we are probably one of the cheapest places in the world to do that, unless you're super sophisticated and have your own aggregated order book across 15 exchanges. Uh, uh, it's also so we haven't launched that in the US, but uh, uh, in Europe, we provide people to uh, de- deposit funds uh, via credit cards and debit cards. Uh, And we don't charge anything for that, which means we're by far for an instant gratification purchase of Bitcoin, which we see quite a lot. uh, (laughs) We're by far the cheapest way to buy buy Bitcoin in the world. Um, So what we did with eToroX, we took that feed of the exchanges that we've had and we basically embedded that into the product. So we created an exchange of our own which then we're connecting to all of the other exchanges and sort of feeding Mm. into the exchange. So despite the fact that it's relatively a very new launch, if you go and look at the order books on eToro, you're going to see $5 million Is it a virtual
0: order book or is there a a matching engine?
2: There's a matching engine and and real orders that basically both us as as a market maker as well as other market makers are basically placing orders to basically
1: set the books. Does this engine work the same for the equity side of the business, or is it? And like, how does that differ? Like,
2: so from a a forward-looking point of view, our vision is all assets are going to get tokenized. So, so we are great believer in the tokenization of assets. Mm. And again, we're connected to fifteen at least liquidity providers in the non-crypto world to trade things like currencies and commodities and indices and swaps and equities uh, across multiple exchanges. That world is completely broken, yes. like severely broken. We just had to move a book of like 50 million stocks from one place to another. It took us three weeks to figure out what's going on there. Um, like you're waiting to see something on the screen, calling people over the phone. Uh, I was surprised we weren't asked to fax stuff. Um, so our view is ownership is going to become digital and native on the blockchain. Financial institutions are going to work on blockchains. It's not clear yet which blockchains, but from a paradigm point of view, we believe that if we start building it, eventually our technology sort of will be ready to that revolution. Uh, And again, we talked about a generational transformation of wealth from a user point of view. We talked about crypto assets as, as a generational asset class. And then there's another thing, which is the transformation of technology of moving $140 trillion, which is a big number, into the blockchain. And and I believe, and maybe I'm optimistic, so it's not 10 years, maybe it's 20 years. Everything is gonna be based on, on something like blockchains, public ledgers, that when I transfer something, my trade execution, my settlement, and my clearing are all into one. Because the way it works today is the same way that my, when my grandfather built his BEB in the sixties, mm-hmm. daily reconciliation. Yeah,
0: and so you plan to prepare for that and build the infrastructure. So we're building. So our view
2: that. is we'll tokenize as many assets as possible, and it's by the way mostly around sort of reg tech regulation, how you structure it. But our view is we offer today commodities currencies etfs stocks but they et on, on etoro yeah to, we're going to tokenize within a process of the next couple of years we're going to tokenize all of those assets we're going to add them to etoro x so you'll mm-hmm. be able on etoro x to trade stocks commodities indices etc and the liquidity generating pricing in etoro will be based on etoro
1: x tokenized assets exchange it's- is that some of the benefit of having your own internal order yeah. book? Okay, that's, that's pretty interesting.
2: It's it's creating a pricing formation transparency that's at a much higher level than sort of traditional brokerages, hmm. um, and also enables us to access a new type of audience, which is more of the professional crypto traders and professional traders, which we've seen a lot of them come to Etoro. But the focus on Etoro has always been simplicity. So the values of eToro as a company are around simplicity, innovation, um, and sort of ease of use. Uh, And then that's sometime in conflict to sort of more professional traders who want sort of the tick-by-tick data, the APIs co-location services, order book matching to be efficient, arbitrage, etc. So, so we've built basically a venue to more of the crypto hardcore
1: traders. So, I guess at that point, uh, you know, there's been lots of stories that have come out on Robinhood with their payment order flow, uh, selling that data to like the Virtues of the World and Citadel Securities, those mm-hmm. types of shops. Do you guys partake in that as well, or have interest in doing that? Or so, so
2: we are uh, basically a clearing broker in equities uh, uh, in in Europe. Uh, which basically uh, means we we don't need to don't need uh, it, yeah. to to necessarily engage in that um, again the the so when you stru- route- the structure of capital markets um, is very different across different regu- regulations. Um, here in the US uh, we probably won't start. As a clearing broker, we'll, we'll probably clear uh, through a partner here in the US uh, because that's how the market is structured here. Um, and again, we're regulated uh, soon in the US in equities, now in the US as a money transgender license, in Europe as a broker-dealer uh, and as a market maker, uh, in the UK as a broker-dealer, in Australia as a broker-dealer, in South Africa as a broker-dealer. So the, that structure, you learn a lot, about how complex is sort of the regulatory environment when you're trying to build something really global. Most of the U.S. firms are only Best U.S. One, yeah. are only U.S. firms. Uh, even the biggest brokerages, mm. uh, the, you know, the, the, the big four here, uh, E-Trade, Schwab, etc., are very, very U.S. focused. When you go across the world, Uh, And think about it, we have the platform in 24 different languages, uh, from the European languages like German, Spanish, Italian, Polish, to Thai, Vietnamese, Chinese, Philippine. When we go into each of those markets, and you look at the competitive landscape, we're always competing with local players. Like the entire capital markets is extremely local, which is very different than the crypto market. The crypto market, in theory, is a global one, but how many fiat on ramps possibilities are there really in the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Are there, I don't know. Are, are there more than a dozen here in the U.S.?
1: I'd Yeah.
0: What does this, So, what does the structure look like? Let's think about the U.K. for 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 a moment. Um, when you when I make a trade, I buy a Facebook stock. That trade, you then route directly to. Yeah. To New York or to NASDAQ.
2: Generally, yes
0: as opposed to sending it over to a jump or Jane street who will then internalize it and match it on your behalf, which they will then pay a fee for. Yeah. Um, We can,
2: we can go into orders of execution here for like two, three hours if you want.
0: Well, let's just do it for like a few minutes. Um, So there will be a difference between what we, what, how you guys operate in in here here in the U S yeah. which Which means something different for the business model, right? Because if, yeah it may,
2: so so the model uh, in Asia, Australia, Europe and the US in each is a bit different so our platform which is actually quite unique if you think about sort of the 1.0 revolution of online brokerages they 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 tried to sort of expand over seas but what they did is in every region they came they sort of built the stack from zero this was you know pre cloud Uh, pre-sort of understanding that people are looking at the same things. So if you look at the local stock market in Germany, uh, Comdirect uh, is one of the largest brokers, but it really focuses on your account is in euro and you trade German stocks. Mm -hmm. And, And they've built the stack really good to do that, to connect to the German market. And then if you look at their ability to trade US stocks, it's it becomes more expensive, and usually the rails are different. And I'm not sure whether you know, these they local brokerages… As,
0: they trade as DAFs. No, not
2: ADRs. So ADRs. here in the U.S., there are ADRs. Um, when we do stock trading across 15 exchanges uh, around the world, we settle on the local exchange, local currency for each exchange. So when you buy Hong Kong stock, it's Hong Kong stocks when you buy uh, Netherlands or Dutch or or British uh, stocks, this will be pound, this will be euro, this will be Hong Kong dollar, because we also have the experience from the currency markets. So we we provide 24-5 streaming quotes in all of the different fiat currencies as well. So it's easy for us to sort of calculate everything on the fly. Uh, but, But generally, what we have is a cloud platform, and then for each regulated entity, we'll optimize the settings based on the customers from that uh, regulation. So here in the so U.S. clients can only register through our U.S. platform, which is based in the U.S., regulated in the U.S., and therefore only offers uh, U.S. Uh, allowed. Uh, securities. Uh, not securities because it's crypto assets oh, or, right yeah, now. <laughs> crypto, so right now it's yeah. non-securities but eventually also but securities business, yeah. through then a, a FINRA regulated brokerage. If you are in uh, Asia, you'd set up an account with our Australian business uh, which works in a bit of a different way. If you're in the UK, you'd open in the UK business. If you're in Europe, you would open in the European business. Uh, and again, our, our view is to sort of build this structure or uh, of regulated entities where we're allowed to sell securities, which is also quite interesting because that separates us quite significantly from people in the crypto industry. We understand securities, securities regulations, and allow to sell securities uh, in most places where where we operate. Uh, So that enables us also to sort of see the crypto industry maturing a bit from a regulatory point of view uh, into a place sort of understanding what really are the requirements in order to run a regulated financial institution
0: that's interesting i think we have a great foundation or a foundation of understanding exactly what you guys do which you know i've learned a lot just in having this conversation but how do, let's take a look now at you guys trying to take on coinbase gemini here in the united states with your with your crypto exchange and broker offering we talked before we went on before we turned on the mics about how marketing is going to play a big role in that and how you guys have had a lot of success with marketing here in the States and in New York specifically, we've seen Gemini pour millions and millions of dollars probably into this taxi cab campaign and throwing, you know, the regulated crypto exchange on billboards all over the place. And if you look at their market share over the past year, it's it's I translated think translated
1: into nothing. Yeah, you know, like,
0: nothing, nothing. Gemini
1: dollar volume still down.
0: Yeah, well, from a hundred a hundred million market cap to about nine million dollar market cap. But you think that you've untapped you've untapped the secret and is part of this and it has fueled the success of Etoro is marketing. What tell tell me a little bit more about sure. that strategy.
2: So, so our view, uh, first of all, the most important part in the business is product market fit. Right, so we have. Uh, about 200 people in our product R&D that constantly optimize the user experience, and and the way we iterate, uh, very similar to a lot of sort of Silicon Valley companies, is we look at the user experience from a data point of view. So we look at customers as they come into you know a landing page uh, and how they, their life cycle is within the platform, and then constantly sort of launch new features and optimize for higher engagement, high retention uh, within the platform. We use the same mythology uh, when we're thinking about marketing. So we think about the web as an extension of our product. Hmm. So if you came into Itoro's website once, mm-hmm. uh, we'd constantly sort of uh, remarket for you what we think is relevant for you, and we'll gradually learn what's interesting for you. And, and the way I'll we do an example that, of that, yeah, so I'll give you just a quick example. Um, you saw, uh, we'll, we'll show you four different ads one talking about stocks, one talking about crypto, one talking about FX markets, uh, and one talking about commodities. Uh, then you go and click uh, the one talking about uh, stocks. Then we'll start showing you uh, different ads around our copy portfolios, maybe around tech, around cannabis stocks, uh, around renewable energy stocks. And gradually from you engaging with our ads, we'll learn what's interesting for you. So our view there is that the days of somebody picking up the phone and calling a customer, telling him that's interesting, that's what's happening in the market, those days are done simply because... The prices, so we offer commission-free trading in Europe, right? So there's zero commission on trading stocks on eToro. So we can't hire people who will call you over the phone because we don't have revenues to support that. So we need to automate everything. And our view is that the basically smart content over the web is that way to engage people with the markets. Again, our mission is to get people engaged with the capital markets to get people to fall in love in capital markets Mm -hmm. like I fell in love in capital markets when I was young. Um, And what we've done is we've built a huge expertise uh, in data science where we spend over $100 million a year on basically generating content that's relevant to the audience. Again, 24 different languages. Uh, we do that uh, quite interestingly around IPOs, for example. So we'll create videos in multiple languages around a specific IPO. Then we'll go and present that video or advertise that video of us explaining a prospectus of a company on basically YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. Again, this is not investment advice this is general information provided to customers who we know are interested basically in the markets
1: interesting why now for the us i mean you said you were founded in 2007 mm. uh when you see the deals, Robinhood last week raising yeah. another 300 million at a 7 billion post valuation plus, I mean, well, are you salivating sees, at that. It's he like, sees
0: Bitflyer coming in, he sees Binance coming in, They get all, all the exchanges, foreign exchanges are.
1: I
2: think uh, in the for, maybe we've waited a bit too long. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, actually have grown by something like 600% over the last uh, two and a half years since the crypto rally. So we've had. Uh, huge growth for the business, uh, which also means from a sort of capital point of view, uh, it's much easier for us to expand into the U.S. the way I think you need to expand in the U.S. So the U.S. market is a market where you need to be very much ready to do big investments in the market to perfect both the user experience uh, as everything around it, if you want to succeed, uh, and historic, historically, I always uh, said uh, that that I wanted to be in a position where we could spend a lot of money to be able to succeed in the U.S. Uh, and, and I think we're there now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's exciting.
0: What do you? Th- so what? I, I think you guys are hiring a ton of folks in the marketing and com side. Yeah. What? You have some stuff under your under your belt or sleeve, what, tricks up your hat.
2: <laughs> oh, we're, we're, you know, we're expanding the business team here in the U.S. Just engage uh, in a next metaphor. We so. we love uh, people who are passionate about crypto and passionate about the markets. Um, our offices here in Hoboken. Uh, I think we're we're hiring like at least five people in the marketing, and I think w- we'll be hiring more in sort of uh, account success and customer success positions. Uh, so. Very happy to uh, see talented, passionate people uh, around uh, both Mm -hmm. crypto and and the markets.
0: Mm -hmm. What do you think they'll be, like what will the strategy be
2: there? Our marketing strategy? I think
0: it's around- Getting on the best podcast in crypto?
2: Of course. (laughs) Um, And overpay. Um, so it's going to be very similar to what we've done around the world. So uh, we're happy to engage both offline and online with customers. Uh, so we'll do events and meetups to meet the crypto community. Uh, we're going to build our brand here in the U.S. Uh, until uh, you won't need to say, maybe, Itoro, maybe you haven't heard about us. Um, uh, so uh, we're going to scale our business around Europe, for example. The, if you ask people in Europe, like top of mind cryptocurrency platform, th- in most countries they'd say Toro rather than Coinbase. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, maybe it's time to do that in the US as well.
0: <laughs> what about Bitstamp? Do you think they, that Bitstamp comes to mind as well? or?
2: First of all, I, I love, uh, let's call it, competition. Mm-hmm. So I love Nedge. I love Bitstamp. I am um, uh, in touch with a lot of the crypto CEOs in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I mentioned before, this market is have, very have any big. called
0: you up and giving you advice about launching an exchange, what what to do, what not to do. Yeah, we, we we we've been in touch. Um, kind of like how the president of the United States he always writes a letter to the next president, saying this is what yeah. to expect.
2: Um, I I think. Generally, the crypto industry is, is relatively small, uh, like everybody knows each other, which is great. I'm, I'm very much supportive also of, of make love, not war. Uh, so very supportive. Other blockchains, we're supportive. Other platforms, we're supportive. Um, so generally, I think, again, if you look at the market and say this entire market is going to do at least 10x within the next five years, uh, whether, by the way, it's fintech brokerage, wealth management, or crypto, both are probably going to do that in the next five years, then then there's land grab for everyone.
0: What's interesting to me is you guys are taking an approach where you're moving more so into capital markets than banking or wealth management, right? So if you look at firms like Robinhood, which have, which has had a lot of
1: the Hiccups. botched, the botched, yeah,
0: the botched uh, <laughs> high yield savings account, which they then redubbed as the cash yield something or other. Um, so, what's interesting about you guys is you're expanding more to, let's say, capital markets. You're looking at potentially figuring out how to tokenize stocks and other securities. You're looking at you, you, you have built out an exchange, um, whereas we've seen you know Robinhood and others go more so into banking and and. Offering a, a more broad array of banking services, they had the botched um high yield savings account which they which they relaunched as a as a um as a cash cash yield account how do you see do you see sure, e-toro so going into those services like banking so we we then? actually
2: just recently launched uh, uh interest rate uh, on account balances for actually. our customers in Europe uh We are in the works of exploring adding a current account debit cards for our clients. Generally, what we were seeing again across the industry, we've seen a process of sort of unbundling the banks, each coming a bit from a different position, um, whether it's capital markets, whether it's lending, whether it's the current account debit card. Uh, So product companies, fintech entrepreneurs, each of us sort of in their own segment said, okay, Customers expect something different. Let's build them a great product. Then Mm -hmm. suddenly you find yourself with millions of customers. And then we're now seeing what what we internally call, but also some other research, is sort of the rebundling. 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 And rebundling is, in our view, blockchain is the infrastructure for that rebundling. Uh, And tokenization of assets is going to be a significant part of that rebundling, which would eventually offer great things like investing in private equities and real estate and art and not only in the traditional capital markets. But we definitely see with billions of dollars moving in and out uh, uh, in eToro on a yearly basis with customers, you know, sending overseas funds in and out from eToro, we definitely see an opportunity of creating le- sort of a better user experience also for that payment part of the business, um, as well as, you know, last year we did almost a trillion dollars in volume. Um, so so just sort of flowing that volume into tokenized assets and, and building uh, an exchange that has a trillion dollars in volume of tokenized assets, that's sort of the capital market. So yes, capital markets is our biggest passion, but around that, their surrounding services that we're very happy to work with partners or build our own again in order to eventually improve the user experience, improve conversion, lower friction of users.
0: Mm-hmm. And where so where's the revenues? Where where's what's the money maker here? Right? Because you volume
2: mean- very similar to mm-hmm. to exchanges uh, we're, we're transaction based volume. Mm-hmm. So when the trillion dollars, think about us doing several pips.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Taking a taking, volume game. Yeah. But I thought you guys didn't take fees for... So we don't
2: take uh, uh, ticket fees. Ticket fees, okay. We calculate uh, basically the spread that's right, th- that's right. as our revenues, and then we mm-hmm. deduct out of that whatever costs for us to sort mm-hmm. of place the order in the market.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's been growing?
2: Yes, uh, 600% over the last three years. Wow. wow.
0: What do you think is the main driving force behind that? is it the is it that you guys are at the forefront of crypto is it that you have the social element or is it something so I,
2: I think again the what we've been able to build that resonated very well uh uh in europe and asia is a very simple user experience to go into the markets whether it's stocks or crypto and we've seen by the way both significantly scale over the last uh, uh 2 3 years but a lot of the peak was the crypto rally of 2017. So we were the first regulated broker uh, in the world to offer Bitcoin trading back in 2014. Um, And that's because I'm a Bitcoin uh, sort of uh, zealot. How'd you Uh, get
0: to that point?
2: So funny enough, I started writing about cryptocurrencies in 2008 on my blog uh, about a cryptocurrency called the Good Dollar, which now is actually a project, but back then it was more of a fiction. Uh, I just actually found something interesting around, I I send it to you, I don't know if you had the chance of reading it. I actually wrote this uh, fiction blog post called Internet Revolution about a Facebook group uh, yep. Launching a, a virtual currency called the Good Dollar, uh, <laughs> and that sort of catches on fire, and 500 m- million people move all of their savings. Uh, um, you were close. You predicted in it, 2018 it, it, into yeah <laughs> into into crypto, and then Facebook coming to Congress and saying, "Listen, we can't control it anymore because it's decentralized." Um, so, and that was November 2010, before. I think right the, about the time i learned about bitcoin wow. um so i I, w- I was super passionate about sort of crypto and decentralization from the first minute i saw it and even a bit before i saw mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. um and, and then when we started dealing with 2010 i had to let's call it debate with some of our investors that we need to go into crypto and we need to buy crypto. What
0: did that debate look like? What, it, how did you convince them that this was the right decision to make?
2: It convinced them that they should not necessarily um, micromanage decisions in the company.
0: Rather the, the than jobs.
2: trying to convince them that, that, that crypto... Uh, back in 2010, when I talked about crypto to people that was really deaf ear uh, yeah. all around like that was like don't go into that rabbit hole you're a bit crazy yeah. um the so, uh, by the way internally as well mm-hmm. like remember we're in the business of capital markets um we understand very well anti-money laundering rules etc um for a lot of people, that was really that like 2010 to 2014 was the scary area of crypto for a lot of people and very very sceptic. Uh, then Mount Gox happened, which basically most people who were sceptic before now had the chance to say, Heh, I'm right." It's died, um, and then 2017 brought like changed everything and brought it really to the spotlight. But we wrote. In 2012, we had a group called Colored Coins. So I wrote the original white paper of Colored Coins with Vitalik. I didn't know that. Uh, So when you click on the Ethereum white paper, uh, the first link there is to a document that actually out of my Gmail. Um, so so and, and this was like a lot of OGs back then were very excited about tokenization yeah. um, you on know, Bitcoin from, from char- yeah on Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, then at some point, back then, by the way, I was a Bitcoin maximalist. There were other chains then already, and then Vitalik wanted to launch his own blockchain mm-hmm. uh, rather than keep on working on the project. And I was like, like a you know. Bitcoin maximalists saying, why do you need another blockchain? There's no reason to do another blockchain. Um, but, but I think that taught me about not being a maximalist. Um, but, but tokenization is something with what we definitely see happening. There's still a big question of how it's happening, on which blockchain it's happening. Um, but I think the ICOs in 2017 plus China those are the key drivers of of sort of nonlinear growth that we've seen in prices in 2017 that led to some crazy things happening in eToro back then. So mm-hmm. we had... I think in one day we opened something like twenty thousand funded accounts in 2017, uh, w- which is an, an insane number. I think about like 50 people just going through KYC of people. <laughs> like we do KYC checks for every single person going utility bills uh, and sort of, uh, of documents and verifying that's real people. That was insane. Uh, with Fifty to hundred thousand registrations in in a single day, in the peak. Uh, so a lot of fun. Like we tested the the scale of the platform at some point. If I remember correctly, I won't name names. All of the exchanges were down. All, you couldn't open an account, a new account in any exchange that supported fiat other than Etoro. Mm. That was exciting times. Yeah. Hope they'll come back soon.
1: I want to talk about the copy trader product because yeah. I think that's something oh, that's yeah, really that's interesting. Right. Uh, well, I guess also just like roadmaps. Like, what, realistically, would you want to bring that to the US? Like, how it's long coming to, it to the US?
2: It's coming to the US very soon. Okay. And what I'm saying to people who are listening, you should open an account now on Etoro, <laughs> start trading, and generate basically data. And you do so- it with the virtual. No, you can also, all, with the- all only with real money, okay. um, because you need your track record, right? So yeah. if, if you want to get copies, uh, copied, you need to have a track record. Uh, and to generate track record, you need to open an account. And you need and, to make and, 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 and guys, if you think you're not only about the talk, but also about the walk, I'm inviting you guys to open accounts as well and see whether you
0: can trade crypto. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like a good idea for me.
1: I'm kind of interested. You can do it. Yeah, no one's I've been doing well. You. Yeah, we'll, just we'll, don't
0: just don't open up an account in another exchange and short those you are copycatting.
1: Is that actually so? So that's one last question. Like, do you worry about that? Like a we, massive we, followed account front running Well So
2: we're doing as a regulated activity like suspicious activity reporting, etc. But generally, actually, the ecosystem really does not in, incentivizes you to do that mm-hmm. because you have one public profile. So if you yeah. screw that public profile, nobody will Post. ever copy you again. And to be copied, you, you need after. to go through a process to join our popular investor program and get opt-in uh, where we actually do KYC. So we, we know who's the customer. We know who you are. So it's like the worst possible. You really need to be an idiot to try and defraud yeah. on a social network where everybody's seeing you with your real name and your real picture. <laughs>
1: the future I wish we had in the, the last bull market all these like bags that people had that weren't promoting like we didn't know what they had but you're, you're going to have it in this you're going to have it in this bull market we
2: specifically asked like the, the all the OGs wait with a bull run wait for us to launch CopyTrader here in the US and then and we'll fire start up the tweet. <laughs> and just you, you to clarify <laughs> this was a joke
0: <laughs> thank you Yanni so much thank you very coming. much a thanks for coming thank you very much We'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor Cash App. Cash App has been the number one in finance on the App Store for almost two years. It was the first major peer-to-peer payments app to support Bitcoin. And it's still the fastest and easiest way to on-ramp fiat. No more waiting five days for your ACH transfer to come through. With Cash App, you can buy Bitcoin instantly. When you're ready to take full ownership of your private keys, Just use Cash App to scan an external wallet's QR code. It's really that simple. Cash App also comes with standard banking features like direct deposits and others your bank would never even consider, like Cash Card, a customizable debit card that lets you instantly save every time you use it at Lyft, Whole Foods, Chipotle, Chick-fil-A, Starbucks, Dunkin', local coffee shops, and a whole lot more. Download Cash App today from the App Store or Google Play.